survey for a dam. Yeah, must have majored in hydroelectric infrastructure and minored in pagan tradition. <laughs> <laughs> that must be a dual cause. Hey, up and welcome to the Temple of Bleh podcast. It's another episode with another format change because um, the host has gone AWOL again, so I brought in two friends. One is one is Jim's friend Tom. Hello. And, and one is Shab. That's me. Harsh. Um, <laughs> um, by way of introduction, Shab did the music for the Roadrunner documentary, which we'll be discussing at length at some point, but maybe not today. Maybe maybe another time. I don't know. It depends on what we fit in, but. Given that I don't do a lot of these proper numbered episodes, um, I haven't done a lot of them recently in favour of working on the bigger project. I thought, fuck it, let's just mash everything together. To Tom's detriment, especially because he doesn't listen to metal. Woo! And somewhat to my detriment, as I've never watched this film that year <laughs> about to discuss. So. Yeah. It'll be all right, but, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've very intentionally decided not to read anything about it as well, just so I can uh, <laughs> see how well you managed to explain it. I haven't seen it for a while, but I have sort of brushed up on it. Yeah, so seriously, it's been a while since I watched it, and I'm just looking at my notes and trying to remember. Oh, cranky, <laughs> like, got how notes. it even makes sense? Oh, you've got to take notes. Oh, I've I've just got so. I've got bloody AliExpress up in front of me, looking at you know shit I want to buy. I haven't got notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to do some housekeeping first. So the the documentary is now up and it's ready to go public. Is there anything I should know about before I <laughs> hit the fucking button? I gave you mine one note, but oh, yeah, you, yeah. Were, you were directly quoting someone, so I assume it's a mistranslation, so it's fine. No, no, tell Shab about that, because I'm I'm, I'm interested to hear his thoughts. And the, you, the weirdest part I found, I just watched the whole documentary, was he quotes someone when they're talking about disco and like the overproduction of records and the infrastructure being larger than the demand, and they refer to the height of a pipe. I don't think you... I don't think you measure the internal diameter of a pipe by height. I think you describe it as the width. Oh, there's, there's your problem, mate. Your drains block because your pipes aren't high enough. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't notice that, so... But, I mean... I've watched it a few times myself, the, the documentary. like. So, I mean, I don't. none of it makes any sense to me anymore anyway, you know, when you hear a word yeah, too yeah. many times. It's like that to me, yeah. <laughs> That and the other thing I mentioned, which is all the uh, sweeping footage you have of cityscapes. There's a bunch of weird people doing stuff on roofs. This is what most of these people are like. Um, I think as creators, they just do that lifestyle porn stuff where it's just, here's here's like some drone footage of like a landmark. And then here's me walking through the streets because I'm a busy person. And they're all, they all put these these videos up on, on under a Creative Commons license. So I'm like, well, this is the best I'm going to get. <laughs> so I just nick it. Obviously crediting them, which is the, the right way to do it. But I think that's the nature of their uh, their content. Maybe there's just a lot more weird stuff going on roofs than I know about or I care to admit. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, most of my feedback was related to you know, get rid of this really generic clip you found on the internet, please, Jim, because uh, <laughs> just it just it just it's so cheesy, you know. But uh, you know, it, I don't think he took it that much to heart. So no, it is I it is. kept it all in. No, I kept most of it <laughs> just to keep it going. Did you see? Oh, the latest one has um, some Sims Four footage. Yeah, uh, believe it or not, I think I caught you recording. Is is that your footage? Did you capture that? 
No. All oh, right. I'm sure randomly I saw you playing The Sims at some point on Discord, and I was like, "What? What on earth?" But I must just be. I must have fabricated that. Yeah, I've not played Sims in years. The closest I've done is Cities Sky Skyline, which is a clone of Sim City. That's the closest thing I've I've been to the Sims in the last few years. You should use footage of that instead of sweeping footage of cities with weird people doing stuff on roofs. <laughs> there is context to all this, but I won't I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. To, to the one person that listens to this podcast, my mate Eric. All right. All right, Eric. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> So I'll do to keep to format. I'm going to do some metal news to everyone's detriment, including mine because there's never any metal news. Mm. Is so, it about Corey Taylor? Is that I've, it? Got, I've got one about Corey Taylor. Yeah. All right. Okay. Go on. Right. <laughs> Corey Taylor. Uh, Tom. Corey yeah. Taylor, singer for a band called Slipknot. I knew that. <laughs> uh, Corey Taylor quote: "I hate all new rock for the most part." And then there's a picture of him looking smug with a sideways cap thoughts Chad? um well yeah i did read that article because uh it's pretty much the only metal news within the past five days and it's not really news is it it's just Corey taylor talking shit as he'd like to do. <laughs> and uh yeah he also said something about um he thinks all the new rock bands are just like imitators of previous bands and uh i mean I, i'm not going to go into like the, the rabbit hole of you know whoever slipknot were imitating when they first began but it's kind of ironic that now he's Turn, he's got this solo career where he's basically turned to a sort of Andrew WK like cover band or sort of, I don't know tribute band or something. If you've seen if you've seen his new if you see his new solo stuff, the the Corey Taylor solo project it was a story arc for the first five episodes of this podcast. Right, well, well, was, so you have seen it then. That, you yes. have seen it then. I think yeah, that's uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, I, I don't see how he's got. You know, I like to stand on these days. Like, you know, saying <laughs> anything about metal with that, with that shade. But uh, have you heard the rest of the album? I, I didn't. Well, I didn't really need one. To, I mean, it wasn't exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't. The bit he here repelled him so strongly, made such a good case for not listening to the rest of it. What, what was that song actually called? Like, everybody hates Corey Taylor or something. Uh, CMFT, which Corey motherfucking Taylor, I think it uh. must be stopped. Oh, that was it. Yeah, well, must be stopped. Everybody hates. It's, well, my my entire thing about Corey Taylor is like, it's the same as Dave Grohl, which is I'm sick of hearing about him, but it's not his fault. It's like it's the press cycle doing doing the press cycle. Like Dave Grohl's a universally loved person, but every time around summertime, especially if they've got a, an album cycle on the go, you're going to get Dave Grohl news every fucking day, and it's going to be oh, it's something to do with him and an eight year old. <laughs> not not a nasty like bringing an eight year old on stage to sing fucking a Queen cover or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm just so sick of this. It's a similar capacity, but uh, it, it's in a similar club, similar capacity. Corey Taylor just has has that kind of cycle. But p- other people put him on a pedestal, and that pisses me off. Mm. I, I suppose that's one that's one level above like getting sick of people. And uh, it's your fault because you're following them on every social media outlet possible, mm. but you don't you don't unfollow them, you know. Because uh, I was talking about Misha Mansoor from Periphery, and all the stuff that he's posting. I don't know. He, he does get a lot of stick for it from fans as well. I think a lot of people unfollow him because he's all he talks about is cars and watches, and it's like mm. so irrelevant to music. Um, 
And I mean, if you, you've seen all the interviews we've been sharing with each other recently, like you can't, I can't avoid him somehow, even though, I, even though I like him, it's really, you know, it's my own fault. Everything, everything I've seen though is like, I'm really sort of enamored by him because he, like maybe it's in the context of me doing this roadrunner thing and speaking to people over the age of 60, but it's like, he's not, when, when you hear him talk about like just the industry and working in a band, it's really down to other really pragmatic Whereas mm. anyone else, it's like, yeah, we should have been the biggest band in the world. And it was like, you know, 1972 or something. And it's like, well, no, there's, there's a reality there, which I can't relate to one, because I'm not 70. And secondly, because you've seen this in a different light, whereas your man from periphery is like, ah, oh, yeah, we'll never make money off this. We've got to be realistic. Yeah, yeah he's, he's <laughs> pretty shrewd, isn't he? He's pretty much, he's like a home bedroom guitarist and he really so it's yeah. like he's sort of one of us but he somehow made it uh, I listened to that the album you like by the way oh which album po- a peripheral album or, pol- or Polaris yeah. yeah yeah from last year I've decided yeah, yeah. that all that kind of metalcore stuff kind of sound like new. what what is like newer metalcore sounds the same but right this is the thing I, I feel I feel right, like I know I can on. make I know I can go forward and I need to learn it on guitar I need to unlock, I feel like the potential for me to get myself hooked in is in that technical guitar work. And if I actually sort of put the effort in and go, right, I, I like all the guitar work, but nothing's really, really like sweeping me off my feet. But mm. if I was to learn it and I'd be going, all oh, right, I feel like it would put it into more of a, a precise context for me. So I feel like that's the next step forward. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily listen to metal car for the technicality of the guitar no, I'm work. Just, I'm, just telling, but, I'm just telling you from my perspective, like it wants mm. to learn a song on guitar and you see it in a different way. And yeah, I think well, that's the thing. I'm, that's the veil I want to punch through for these bands. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that's not, that's not what gets me into them, but if it's, mm. it's if it's what gets you into them, then it's fair enough. But um, I mean, I, I've still learned some of their stuff, but the problem with them, a lot of my, like modern, modern, modern uh, metal car and, death metal and death cards like it's all on fucking seven eight string and eight strings so mm. um you know unless you own one of them it's is that like Corey taylor doesn't like it is it metal call that he doesn't like i, I think know. he's i think he's specifically talking about like cookie cutter american rock like radio Which is really american ironic rock. if you really want to listen to a solo album <laughs> yeah well that's what i mean that's what i was getting at really i think that's what he's talking about but as i don't really follow that scene i can't you know think of what bands he might specifically be referring to i thought a lot of that polaris stuff did sound like an un, it sounded like in the car i listened to it i was thinking this sounds like slipknot for bathed people like people who bathe because when <laughs> when slipknot originally came out it was like it was the calling car for the unwashed and that was like part of the gimmick <laughs> and now yeah. i think like polaris is like it's slipknot for people who clean themselves well i th- well i don't think i think slipknot was pretty much kind of edgelord a little bit um yeah. And it still is, and I, I've, I, I'd like to think that I'm not listening to like modern edge teenagers like edge log music, but you know maybe I am. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from Cara Taylor. There's one about Rival Sun starting their own label, but it doesn't. The only the only thing there is I quite like Rival Sons. That's the only real takeaway from that. How do you feel about Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine? Uh how do I feel about him? Uh, indifferent, I would say. Not, I feel not like I don't know who he is. Um, I mean, I know who he is, but I'm, I'm quite indifferent to, what, uh, to his guitar work. It's never like impressed me or anything. So yeah, He had a cycle where he like he did some solo stuff and 
he did like a project called the night watchman and i think he banged on for about five years about his his dad or his granddad worked on the docks and that by right. extension he's a working class hero i think that's the that's the impression i get it's probably not as um well, as savage uh, as that but well, that's very it, much he, what rage against the machine are all about like they're all about with sort of working class heroes standing up for the uh the fucking proletariat so i mean he's just kind of extended that throughout his entire career and made a living out of it really anyway he's doing a weekly show and podcast (laughs) (laughs) great well i won't be watching that but thanks for letting me know (laughs) (laughs) and that's all i got for news a lot of it is still like a lot of eddie van Halen's dead and this is the fallout of it what are you gonna do not not much. I mean, uh, I don't think. I think Eddie Van Halen was not really in the mainstream music anymore. Anyway, I mean, you know, he had his he had his plays and everything. He wasn't like he was at the peak of his career still. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's been much of a fallout. To be fair, the music industry goes on. Yeah, it, I've said this before. It is, it's like the, the sad thing about Eddie Van Halen is he wasn't finished. Yeah, you know I mean, he was he was still cracking mm-hmm. on and doing stuff, and that's what makes it sort of upset. Saying for point of reference here, Tom, do you remember Total Biscuit? Yes, I do. It's like it's that that's that feeling when he died, but for guitarists, they had much so much more to give. That's right. I don't know what Total Biscuit is. So, is a uh, go on, Tom. Video games commenter on on the internet, but he died. Oh, is he the, is the one who had cancer? Yes, yes. Uh, so, so you do now. Uh, very vaguely, <laughs> very vaguely. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's basically famous for doing a lot of work with American video game commentators and just being like archetypically British and confused by everything that goes on in America. Hmm. Yeah. He was good, though. He was good. Oh, yeah, wait, no, I've got one more fucking news item for you, Shab. <gasps> Go on. Paul Stanley's Soul Station releases a new single, <laughs> I, comma, O-I. <laughs> oh, God. I bet you were the first fucking view on that. You've, you're, I'll, I'll look for your comment that says first. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> about the new music, Stanley said, between us doing some great Soul Station shows and starting the album, I started to think that neither the band or the music we love should depend on only the past, so I started writing with the goal of seamlessly taking songs into the present. From what a lot of people I respect have told me, <laughs> that mission was accomplished. <laughs> Great sign off. <laughs> nothing worse is though when you bring a music, uh, a song into the present, and you can see the scene. Such a turn off. There's <laughs> nothing worse than bringing songs into the present, and only the people you don't respect say that you can accomplish your, your mission. <laughs> I I think it's a right laugh. I think it's it, it's funny. Not in, a, not in like a, t- a tacky shitty way like it is quite good for what it is but it's just funny seeing Paul Stanley like orchestrating a Zoom call between other soul singers <laughs> as if it's yeah, like, yeah it, do, it does look quite out of place it is funny it is funny. especially the screenshots you send me which you just relentlessly keep taking I don't know why um, I don't know why what percentage of Kiss fans are enjoying that I don't know like what his target audience is really it's quite, it should be quite it's quite an interesting way of looking at it because um Kiss fans are, are Kiss fans fans of Kiss or are they fans of the brand and how does Paul Stanley in Soul Station associate with the brand of Kiss as opposed to the band of Kiss you know what I mean is I'm, I'm just trying to allude to the fact that Kiss is like much bigger than the band itself owing to like you know the massive merchandising stuff and the massive exposure 
Yeah, but I think this project is is so far detached from what Kiss is. I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 strange. It's very strange. It's like Corey Taylor coming out with a Andrew WK cover band. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a new song coming out as well, Andrew WK. Oh, oh! I thought you were going to say Corey Taylor's. Might listen to that one then. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. His new album was pretty good. Anyway, I won't go into that. What do you want to? What do you want to do first? I kind of want to. Uh, depending on times, because I want to attend to a certain live event that's screaming downstairs at some point. Um, <laughs> but there's two things to talk about, right? There's one which is um, Color Out of Space, which is our Nicolas Cage film. And then we could possibly take the opportunity to talk about Apple Knockers Flophouse, and then I can I can cut this that out and push it into next week. And it's quite I think I think it'd be quite funny to tell the story of Apple Knockers Flophouse with Tom, who hasn't got a clue what the fuck it is. <laughs> Well, neither of them, neither do we. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all just speculation. Let's start. Let's start with Nicolas Cage, and then let's do it in Apple Knockers and take advantage of the fact that we're all here. Because it is, I think it was, a, it was a, it was a journey. For me, it was a journey. Were <laughs> <laughs> we, t- we talking about Apple Knockers or the film? Yeah. We'll do no. We'll... <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Apple Knockers now, but right. let's talk about the film. Right. So, Color Out of Space is a is a. Uh, in fact, I'm going to bring up the IMDb just to sort of like reel off some names because I think um, you were mentioning Mandy the other um, a couple of hours ago. It's the, I think it's the same guy that did Mandy. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, my only exposure to this film is the front cover, uh, the movie poster rather, which you know looks almost identical to Mandy. It's got this surreal, trippy neon colors like. 80s aesthetic but it's not set in the 80s no it's this this one wasn't like Mandy we watched another film that was kind of like Mandy right well I mean I just noticed the aesthetic was similar to Mandy that's all that because that's you know as much as I know I'm I'm literally judging a book by its cover here but you know um, as it also stars Nick Cage I suppose there is a connection there automatically anyway do you want to throw a synopsis uh, uh, a synopsis do you want to put it, put it through the synopsizer, Tom, and, and tell Shab what it... Well, tell me in your own words, please. All right, I, th- I thought you were doing the IMDb one. Um, oh, no, I'm, just, I'm going to reel off shit as I, as I notice it. Uh, Nicholas Cage, playing a normal person, not Nicholas Cage, uh, lives on a farm and uh, meteorite lands and uh, makes makes things start going weird. Isn't that, isn't that the premise of knowing? Is it I knowing? don't know. It's definitely the premise of Annihilation. Have you seen Annihilation? Oh, I have. Seen, I know you hate so, it, but I quite so, like it. So, so it's like um, Nicholas Cage plays this guy who sort of lives off grid a bit, but like his wife still works some generic business thing. And the plot to Annihilation crash lands in his uh, in his garden. Yeah, that's definitely similar to Knowing, which also like stars Nicholas Cage. High, by the way, drinks ensue. Right. It's well, actually... um, I guess I've seen it then. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually based on a HP Lovecraft short story. Is it? Yeah, I didn't know that until today. That's surprising. It is very surprising, isn't it? It's it's. I'll try and do it in a non-spoilery way, and then we'll talk about spoilers. But it's sort of weird and trippy. It's. I don't know. I, I don't know what it's about. I think that's the problem. I don't know what, what sort of themes you could sort of carve through it. It's just like a load of stuff happens. No one's reconciling with anything. No one's like, there's no... No, no, not really. 
not even the not even the main character has like a character arc. the person who has the most character arc is tommy chong tommy chong's in this by the way Shab. tommy chong is did you watch that sony show no as a kid oh for fuck's sake <laughs> right which one's which one's tommy chong the guy who lives in the shed no, I think a, the, ma- the, the, the main guy with the character arcs, the hydrologist, isn't it? Really, the no, main no, character is the, main, the he's the main guy. He's the main guy without an arc. So there's, there's a guy who lives in a shed, so this does connect to Apple Knockers forecast then. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a squatter who lives... Basically, Nicolas Cage has got all this land he inherited off his father or something. He, play, he plays Stardew to. Valley in real life is what Nicolas Cage did. He's, yeah, he basically right. got a load of and, land. Um, he's, trying to, he's trying to milk yaks, is it? Um, oh no! It's it's alpacas. They've got alpacas. They want alpaca fur or something. Yeah, yeah, and it's so so they, that's where they're living. He's two up, two down, or three down even. So that little kid. Have you seen Haunting of Bly Manor or Haunting of um, Hill House? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the little kid, little kid with glasses, the same little kid in that. So you can kind of get an idea of his kind of acting style. He's sort you of stop like naming obscure around. stuff and then expecting me to... Naming <laughs> <laughs> obscure things and then clarify them by referring to even more obscure things. I mean, I mean this this is sort of the premise of Apple Knockers. Like, it's literally... like I mean, that's about a farmer and the guy lives in a shed and he wants to invite a girl to his shed. <laughs> should, we, should we just, uh, should we just uh, blast past spoilers and get into... Let's, uh, let's do that the minutiae of it. So it, it opens up with the voiceover, which you, you later on find out is this hydrologist guy, like this water scientist, but he's talking about like how bad and terrible this place is. So my first note is calm down, mate. It's just some trees. <laughs> Cause it's like got these beautiful sweeping shots of uh, breathtaking scenery and some guys like, yeah, all upset. And then he's sort of just wandering around the woods, isn't he? Next yep. to a river, and oh, what if we got a creepy girl tries to summon Captain Planet? Oh yeah, so I mean, a daughter, daughter in this in this household of hell. Um, I think he's tr- she's trying to will her mother's cancer away through witchcraft. So she got like a stone circle. Just bit, she's like sixteen, so it's all like it's like hippy dippy stuff. It's not like it's not crude and weird Lovecraftian shit yet. She's just prancing about, and he's wandering around, and he must have wandered accidentally onto their ambiguous private property. But he, he sort of knows what ritual she's doing or something. So I've got must have majored in hydroelectric infrastructure because he's there to like uh, basically uh, survey for a dam. Yeah, must have majored in hydroelectric infrastructure and minored in pagan tradition. <laughs> 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 that must be a dual course they offered at his, uh, at his university. <laughs> <laughs> hydroelectric infrastructure and yeah, folk rituals. <laughs> So anyway, so, he, uh, he fucks off up to the house on yeah, horseback. Yeah, she, like, shoes him off. No, she's on horseback. He's not on horseback. You misremembered that. Yeah. <laughs> He's not there surveying the water table, mounted on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got, I don't, I don't love ducks. Someone must say the line, everybody loves ducks, but ducks are foul creatures that spray liquid shit everywhere. So... <laughs> I don't love ducks. So, try and give try and give a duck medication and then tell me you love ducks. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Um, the so she goes home. The guy sods off. Yeah, he carries on finding water to test. I think. Yeah, yeah, and um, so they sit down for a family meal. This is when you're sort of like you sort of get the introduction to all the different characters. So there's little lad, big glasses, little lad on the little lad, and he's just sort of poncing around. 
It's like sort of looking at stuff. He's not really. Yeah. He really do it. He's, he's like um, the Milky Bar like Kid, a, basically. Like a, yeah, he looks like the Milky Bar Kid, but he's like constantly in some sort of weird trance. That's what that's what you should expect from him. There's dopey um, middle child, stoner middle child, stoner middle child, and then there's this girl, and then there's the wife, and then there's Nicholas Cage. Sabrina the Teenage Bitch, I've got written here as well. She's not very pleasant, isn't the girl? Um, and there's a bit in the dinner in the dinner scene where Nicholas Cage fucks off to get some wine in a wine cellar in a really extended shot that's just established to let us know that there's a wine cellar in his house. It's really Nothing important else. later on. It's super important for another five seconds later on. But it was obvious at the time, it was like, all oh, right, there's a wine cellar. And they're obviously trying to just let us know that there's a wine cellar. It yeah. wasn't critical. Um, then, the, then, yeah, basically, all, then basically they all go to bed and a meteorite yeah. crashes in the garden. In the middle of Nicolas Cage having sex with his, his wife. Hmm. Does the wife have cancer at this point? Yes, she does. He has the cancer at that you point. Don't, you don't ride your horse down to a river and start a pagan ritual in case your mum gets cancer, Jim. Like... <laughs> I don't know, I've been known to. Well, <laughs> and the, the it turns out the color out of space shab spoiler is kind of like a weird purple. Funnily enough, I think it's supposed to be magenta, really, really boring, sciencey bit, here, but you can't actually see magenta. It's out of the visible spectrum of your eyes, so you're like a bright pink, mm. but you see the two different colors that reflects off it, and your brain just sort of makes it up. So it's a colour you can't physically see, but you can, because you can sort of work it out. But anyway, I don't, I don't know if that's on purpose or if they just picked a colour. Wow, wow. Don't know if that qualifies it as being from space. That's quite good. It stars Nick Cage. I doubt there was much thought process that went into this film. <laughs> yeah, so this meteorite crashes and they call the police or something. And I think it doesn't hydrologist man show up. Yeah, because they wanted to build like a dam art, don't they? They want to yeah. basically... So the mayor's like, fuck you, Nicholas Cage, we're still building this gigantic fucking dam and this this meteorite is just fucking a small fry, what are you on about? <clears throat> and then just turns up and goes, right, we need to just sort of check this out because it's still warm, it stinks, and it's just weird. Well, no, so it stinks if you're Nicholas Cage, no one else can smell it. Don't forget that important, weird plot oh, really? point. Yeah, no one else can smell the smell. Right, okay. okay. And oh, then, uh, out, um, so the colour used in the film to represent the colour is magenta, which didn't exist as a single wavelength of light as part of the spectrum. Ah, I see. Light. There you go. Um, I'm not just a pretty face. Yeah, so you, you're, you're bang on. Well done. So, yeah, and then like the, they're going to send a news crew, but then there's a weird thunderstorm and all the lightning strikes the meteorite. It's not that big, by the way. It's only like, what, two foot by two foot. Hmm. and all the lightning strikes it and then it like disappears you see it sort of go down into the earth and then when the news crew come it's not there and they do a news report and they make him look crazy you know just for a laugh I assume Hmm. yeah and um, they go out to Tommy Chong's don't they I would probably yeah. to go to Tommy Chong's and Tommy they Chong's. They're like, going there all the time because, like, the kids scoring weed off him and stuff, and yeah, he's yeah. got like a special coffee machine or something. I don't know. I don't know enough about coffee to pick up on that reference. So they're either drinking coffee or drinking 
water from the ground or drinking weed. I don't know. There's something going on. I've got to say, this doesn't sound like it has a plot so far. Whatsoever. No, it sort of meanders around quite a lot. So basically, we, we, can, we can, you know, move it up a notch. So there's a bunch of weird pink flowers, the same color pink flowers start coming out of the ground and you see like pink bugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep going. So it's I'll tell like, you when you get, get to a plot. <laughs> it's, sort <of> like, <laughs> it's sort of like changing and morphing everything around it. I've got, starts to remind me more and more of Annihilation. The, the Netflix movie Annihilation, which, as you yeah. stated earlier, Shab, I hated Annihilation. Which, mainly, which, yes. mainly, mainly because it has no plot and nothing happens in it. Um, which everything circles back to in your life. <laughs> and at the other side of the circle is Step Brothers. Yeah. Uh, nobody, <laughs> no, nobody, nobody, no, only film I've never been able to watch all the way through um, Step Brothers. Uh, nobody notices all the weird pink shit, even though, you know, you'd, you'd notice, wouldn't you, if a bunch of pink flowers grow out of your lawn randomly? But- didn't that all happen? Because um, what, at what point does the mum injure herself? Right, so the kid gets all spaced out and weird to start with, the little specky nerd kid. And then yeah. it's sort of everyone's going a bit weird. The dog uh, fucks then, off for a while. The, yeah, it's barking at stuff. And then the mum sort of like spaces out whilst chopping food and just like cuts a large chunk of a hand off. So they have to rush to hospital and stuff. The kids, little kids, like getting weirder and weirder whilst they're gone. So Nick Cage and his wife go to hospital. This is when I think all the plants start happening because no one. It, all yeah, it's, it's sort of like just before that like, seeds it in. So then they get back. They don't like check them at the hospital to see if they've been infected with weird alien space radiation or anything. Apparently, no one notices. Uh, she gets back and then she's really stressed about online work. A job online, even after coming back from a major operation. So I've got the real monster is modern life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and then even weirder stuff starts happening. So everything just keeps getting weirder and weirder and more and more like mutated around everything. The hydrologist notices there's something weird in the water. I've got it. It's like the thing. You've seen the thing, but but a yes. bit boring. So it's like the, the thing. Imagine the, the thing the happening. Either imagine that were happening, but like in a supermarket or something, and less exciting stuff was going on. Well, yeah, you've uh, you've sold me. You've but sold it just me. gets weirder. So, like, it, I, I don't know. We might be skipping ahead bits here. Like, uh, it turns the sh- water in his shower into a jellyfish or something, and he gets stung by it. And then it like mutates all the llamas, not llamas, alpacas together into a thing, monster type thing, and then. Yeah. This is kind of like what Mandy seemed like for the first 10 minutes that I actually managed to sit through. Yeah, um, before. Just... Or did you not get to the de- demon biker gimps? <laughs> no, I got about 10 minutes in. I was uh, I was with a mutual friend of ours, Stuart. And um, yeah, we wanted something that was a bit more, you know, easily consumable <laughs> while you're just eating fast food and shit than that weird, surreal trip vest so do you find like a big lump cronenberg monster out in the forest this is the police and they bring it in and it's like all these different animals mutated together and that for some reason the hydrologist is like the world's authority on it it's like oh it looks like radiation burns that they've been radiation burned and it's like it's just the master of all science he's just the science man we might have just watched chernobyl i mean that's pretty popular at <laughs> that time it came out and like yeah any, any more bit anything jim or you, you, you kind just of got it. Struggling I mean, to remember it. There's a I'm bit where, so then the the little kid runs outside to sort of go see the mutated llamas, and then for some reason the mum and the little kid get zapped from like the llama barn, you, and then they <laughs> mutate together into like a thing thing. 
I think this is where this is where the film takes on its like its most prominent characteristics, where it's just like, all right, now we're in like this trippy sort of um, Cronenberg verse. Yeah, it sounds more like Austin Powers world, you know, like freaking sharks with laser beams attached to their heads, but it's like <laughs> llamas with laser beams so, attached to their heads. That's all weird. And then the kids, the two kids, the one that isn't getting mutated into his mother, and oh yeah, like Nicolas Cage breathes in some spores and it turns him into a Nicolas Cage, so he's playing yeah. a normal person for the first two thirds of the film, and then he gets infected by alien spores, which turn him into Nicolas Cage. Tries to steal the Constitution. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So then the kids decide they're going to leave. They're like the daughter and the son. They're like, oh, we've got to get out of here. This is all messed up. And then the horse runs off because they have a horse. And then uh, we probably missed out of the well. There's a well on the garden as well. And it's sort of like the meteorite gets into the well and the kid thinks there's something in the well and you keep hearing weird whistling from the well. It's and basically then, generic horror tropes. But... Yeah. There's a bit where they're like, oh, she's like, oh, we've got to get out. And the, the brother's like, oh, what, walk 20 miles to ancient woodland in the dark? That's not safe. And then literally a minute later, he's like, oh, I think the dog's in the well. I'm just going to climb in the well. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Let me just hop in real quick. So, yeah, I um, I really didn't like it. <laughs> it got worse like... and worse as it went on. I think like... for me, it was most like, it's it shot really nicely. It's all kind of, it's... It's more of a visual spectrum, a spectrum, a spectacle than it is anything else. It's really not a, like a story. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, I mean, at, at the end, what happens is um, they move like the, the kid and mum hybrid into the, into the roof. And then what does Nicholas Cage do? He kind of summons the last bit of his own humanity to kill him before he sort of descends into his own full on Nicholas no, Cage. No, no he, he summons the last bit of his humanity to kill the alpacas. And then when he comes back, he can't finish his wife off. He's like, oh, no, it'll be fine. I'll go downstairs and watch TV. But now it's weird purple alien TV. Yeah. No, but don't the... Um, eventually the copper and the hydrologist rock up. Yeah, after Nicolas Cage has flip-flopped from I'm going to do the right thing and put your mother's brother hybrid down to I'm going to feed my daughter to her. Like... Yeah, after yeah, after, <laughs> and then then he walks in and just sort of blows the heads off. Yeah, it's it's this thing that really annoys me that I believe went mainstream with like Prometheus. It's where they just don't they just don't explain how stuff works or what's happening yeah. to make things seem more complex. Yeah, there's yeah, but, and then... but it's not like you can it's not like it's a mystery and you can fill in the gaps yourself. Yeah, or there's bits missing, but you can work out what happened or people make reference to them. Like the the second and third Matrix were a bit like that. There were things going on that weren't explicitly said, but it was mm. obvious that they'd happened. They just they just don't bother having shit make sense, so it comes off as extra complex and interesting. Have you seen um, From Beyond? No, it's another HP Lovecraft one, but it was in this, this one was done in the eighties, uh, mm. and it's a similar kind of principle. It's just a thing that sort of meanders on. Um, there's some slight sort of pseudoscience behind it, which they try and sort of explain what's happening. I won't ruin it for you. It's quite good. Um, but it's a similar kind of principle here. It's just fucking, here's a really weird Lovecraftian theme, which is something from not, from not of this world that is coming to, you know, influence and exfiltrate your own, uh, your own sort of sense of being. Um, but for us as the audience, <clears throat> all that is, is holding your hand through a weird purple world. Yeah. And then it gets even weirder at the end because 
like you said, the police officer and super science man come back to save the daughter, which then yeah. and they sort of do, but then she doesn't want to leave because she's been infected by the weird purple. And then they're all infected by the yeah. weird purple. Let's not forget that the hydrologist guy says the name of the film. Oh, do, oh does he? Yeah, it was like a color out of space. I can't believe it's the color out of space. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, another reference in joke there. Um, but anyway, so then like Nicolas Cage goes more crazy and chases the hydrologist and everything's getting more purple. And he just sort of goes, he hides in the wine cellar and then everything explodes. I thought it finished. I mean, no, 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 there's, there's more. <laughs> the, far, the farm explodes. The explosion's big enough. It like litters this like fallout powder everywhere, annihilates all like thirty square miles of trees. Uh, but he's fine because he was in a cellar, and oh, there's no more alien contamination. It's just exploded. So he builds the dam in such a way that it buries it all underwater for revenge, I guess. It's just yeah. proper weird. Like, it's built up like it's this unstoppable cosmic force that's eventually gonna, you know, like terraform or destroy the entire planet. And it just explodes for no reason, directly yeah. above the level of a wine cellar and no further down. I, I've got to say, this must be like the worst film I could have possibly not watched and had you explain to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that bad. I think it's like have it on, have it on in the background while you're doing stuff. It's just a bit of fun. Nah, don't bother. Uh, well, I probably won't bother. To be fair, it's 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 kind of the genre that I tend to avoid. This sort of surreal, nonsensical, horseshit film. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not a massive horror fan anyway. Oh, I've I've watched a lot of horror films, but when it gets make, this to this level of surrealism, it's just a little bit. Uh, make your uh, shit make don't. sense. You can't just have shit not make sense and, and tell people it's because you're clever. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Well, goes, I, th- I think you had that criticism of annihilation, but yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't. I think it, it sort of made sense in the in the context of the film. The problem with annihilation is similar to my problem with arrivals, which is it has concepts. It takes the time to establish a concept and then doesn't bother exploring it. Like early on in annihilation, spoilers for annihilation. Like they all lose a day or like two days or something, don't they? Like they all, like all we eat and all these supplies, we we all just got here. We've been here ages, but then that never happens again. And it has no bearing on anything, and no one sort of references it. So it's like, why did you bother if that wasn't part of what's going on? It's not even. It's just like a thing that happens once for no reason. Uh, well, yeah, I suppose. So. Yeah. <laughs> Probably if you watch the um, if you watch the house exploding, frame by frame. It can be seen intermixed with images of the house at day and night alternatively, fusing with the colours extra-dimensional landscape that includes a purple sun and that previously uh, Levine showed someone in a vision. In the last frame, uh, it can be seen in the middle of an extra-dimensional landscape. Right. So I guess it's like, pay attention, boys. Yeah, but I mean, does that explain anything? Nah, it's just why, if it's it was if it's because nice. it was all teleported to an extra dimensional plane, why didn't they take the wine cellar? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah. Uh, not not a fan. Uh, was that the end? Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, I mean, there's no you know there's no clear beginning, middle, or end to this film, is there? Really, uh, <laughs> sort of random plot point by plot point. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. Have it on in the background. 
Do I have to? Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> should we should we tell um should we tell Thomas about Napa Knocker's flop house? Do I want to know? Well, I mean, do you not do you not usually uh rate give a little rating to this film or no, no, we just chat no, shit about not. the objective is getting through these Nicolas Cage films, not necessarily ordering them in a in a in a priority or a favorable list. Uh, well, was it well, I'm just curious, you know, in the scheme of Nicolas Cage films, how badly it fares against others, you know. Um, so, yeah, go on then, Tom. So far, it's, we've done it's, Mandy. It's, we've done Mandy, we've done Drive right. Angry. It, it's not really the same, because the other two are like Nicolas Cage films, where this is just like Nicolas Cage adjacent film. Like, it's not really about him. He's just in it. He's just in it because they needed someone who's a good enough actor to play a boring and interesting person for the boring and interesting part of the film, who could then sw- turn on a dime to a fucked up lunatic for the fucked up lunatic part of the film. Have like, either of you seen Knowing then? No. I haven't, no. No. Oh, that, well, that's Nicolas Cage as well. It's it's that, that The start of it sounds similar, and then it sort of diverts into something else entirely but as i said before it's bad it's worse than most of the nicholas cage films i don't think i can think of a worse nicholas cage film um have you seen that one where it's like i don't know he's in the crusades or something i don't know what it's called you know what i mean uh, there is there is one where he's um about the rapture that is in as well so it's the worst nicholas cage film i've seen <laughs> i'm guessing <laughs> i'm guessing the one about the rapture will probably be worse um what was it called that one uh, oh, uh, season of the witch. Oh, that that's bad. That is a bad one. Have so, I seen that yeah. one, or am I thinking of another one where they pull Sean Bean in half? That's black death. <laughs> that's black death, right? Oh, no, I don't think I've seen this much. <laughs> well, I'd suggest you put that next on your list. Oh no, don't. We were going to get to watch <laughs> The Rock and our Lord of War. We're we? one of the good ones. What have we got next? Um, you need to tell me about knuckle flockers from yeah, yeah, or whatever next, it is. Next is bad lieutenant. Oh, that's bad. I've seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> the only criminal he can't catch is himself. I can't wait to get that one. <laughs> I um I, I watched that on a fake DVD I bought on the street in Iran. So uh, you know that's how like desperate I was to watch movies. That that's the only reason I saw is, it. Is uh, this nothing bought, else to watch? Is it you bought Mr. Bean goes to the Olympics and it was just a random episode of the Thin Blue Line? <laughs> I don't think so. Was that I think you make it else? <laughs> no, no, that definitely happened to someone. <laughs> well, um, this is the end from CEX and got like John Wick two instead for some reason. Huh? Yeah. I didn't really want that. Um, let's first say your goodbyes. Say goodbyes, and we'll take, we'll do an apple knock at one half of and I'll move that section into next week. Into next week. Alright, goodbye. Don't watch Colorist Space.